0: All right, everybody. Welcome to episode 46. Can't believe we on episode 46. Every time I say a new episode number, I think it's absolutely mind boggling that we are nearly 50 episodes in and just a little bit over a year old on this podcast. It's been such a great ride um, and really such a fun, creative outlet. I think for me to be able to expand on topics that I know Matter to people in the community, but are that that are also really fun for me to talk on as well. And today's topic is very much near and dear to my heart, and that is fitness for ADHDers. <laughs> and I'm going to kick off the podcast with sharing a little bit about my own personal journey. I don't think I've made it any secret on my social media or on my presence online. That I struggle with mental health. Um, What does this actually mean, however, in the context of my life and my journey? Um, And so we're going to take this all the way back to, I want to say it was about January of 2021. I was about six-ish months of being fully self-employed, but we were also dealing with some stuff on family things. My dad um, has Alzheimer's, um, and so where there were some struggles and changes and things happening, um, with my family there. And I was going through a stretch of time where I was really, really struggling. I was depressed. Um, I didn't know quite what was going on with me. I had been diagnosed with general anxiety in the past, um, but never really stuck with any kind of treatment with it because it was always more or less manageable I say question mark, manageable question mark, um, because I'm sure a lot of my coping strategies and coping mechanisms weren't necessarily the healthiest. And so this is about the time where I started getting, um, also struggling just with, uh, you know, being self-employed for the first time, really kind of in my first year of being fully working for myself, um, after having been teaching for eight years and spent really the majority of my life revolving around some kind of like, you know, academic calendar and very structured schedule and knowing when breaks were coming up and managing, you know, having hard deadlines set on me by people that I had to report to. And all of a sudden, you know, being self-employed when you're own your own business, you're setting your own deadlines and you have your own, you're the person that is setting yourself up for success. Now that doesn't mean that I don't have mentors, um, that have played a huge, huge role in my ability to run my business. But at the end of the day, they're not going to do the work for me. I still have to show up and do the work and I still have to hold myself accountable because what happens if I don't meet a deadline that somebody else sets for me, nothing there's, there's no real consequences that no one's going to fire me. I own my own business. Right. So it's, it's an interesting, uh, experience. Um, and so I really was struggling Hard And so what I ended up doing was I ended up reaching out professional for professional support. So I got uh, into a psychiatrist's office, got a referral to a psychiatrist to get some initial sort of assessments. Um, and knew that I probably at this point needed medication, um, for something because it was to the point where my anxiety was so bad that I was eating maybe 600 calories, 800 calories on a good day. The stress was just absolutely through the roof. My focus was horrible. My sleep was awful um i was barely functioning um all the while still trying to like run my business or my clients be a you know a good pillar for my family um and dealing with all of the things that are sort of entailed in that and so i knew that something had to give. And if you are somebody who's struggling, I highly suggest reaching out and getting on medication. If that's something that, you know, might benefit you. I am never against any kind of medication, especially when it comes to mental health, um, because it really kind of can help you function, right? It's not going to fix the problem. It's not going to be the thing that makes you be able to go. Um, but it can help you manage the, symptoms of your anxiety or depression or ADHD in an effective way to where you can still show up and check the boxes that you need to check in your day-to-day life. And sometimes that's all the, all the push you need to get going. Um, so I ended up, uh, getting diagnosed, uh, you know, she confirmed, yes, you, you are, you are anxious. And, um, after some screening, Uh, came out also that I did have uh, ADHD as well as depression. I was showing sort of signs and symptoms of all three at various times in my journey. Um, And one interesting fact is once I got that diagnosis, it really opened up a lot of like, oh, I can now sort of identify when I start to struggle, what is the anxiety? What is the ADHD? What is the depression? What are the signs and symptoms of each? And how does one impact the other? And it sort of came out to be that I've had ADHD for a long, long time after meeting with a psychiatrist multiple times times and seeing a therapist for several months that I have ADHD that went undiagnosed and untreated for so long that the contraindications of the undiagnosed and unmanaged untreated ADHD was that I developed depression and anxiety. (laughs) So it's like the ADHD is sort of the root cause. And then the depression and the anxiety were sort of like, Hey, we're going to come along for the ride. And it's like, all right. Sweet. Um, now I like to laughingly, jokingly say like, I have the little trifecta, right? Like I have all, like I've got anxiety, ADHD, depression, and they all each have their own unique things, but really honestly realizing that, Hey, my ADHD is causing a lot of these problems. Let's maybe try to dive in on this and really get this sorted out. And what was interesting is once I started talking more about this, I sort of, by default started kind of attracting, you know, clients and individuals and even current clients that would open up and be like, you know, I think i Might be struggling with this. It's like, cool, get a referral. Let's go get you checked out. Let's see if there's something that we can do to support you. And and, you know, a lot of my new clients coming in are also like, I have ADHD. I'm like, cool, me too. I get exactly what you're going through. Like, I understand um, the struggles that are associated with ADHD. So today's conversation really specifically is surrounding ADHD, the struggles about around ADHD and some of the ways that we can work around it when you're approaching fitness goals and some of the strategies that I use with my clients who come to me and they're like, I struggle with not even just specifically ADHD, but executive dysfunction. And we'll talk about what that is because that executive dysfunction can manifest via anxiety, depression, PTSD. It can, it can manifest in multiple ways. Um, and so let's first quick talk about what ADHD is quick little sip of my decaf coffee here. It's a one 10 in the afternoon as I'm recording this um, episode. So we're on, we're on a decaf kick this afternoon as I'm sitting in my home office, the decaf Nespresso pods, friends, 10 out of 10 recommend, uh, managing my caffeine consumption is one of the ways that I support, not just my physical health, but also my mental health. Because if I overdo it on the caffeine, I'm like vibrating the rest of the day. And I'm very anxious. I'm sure many of you can relate. Oh my gosh. This is so tasty. <sighs> And I know it's almost October and when this comes out, it will be, I believe, September 28th. So it's, it's basically spooky season. It's been spooky season since like August 1st, in my opinion. But I'm drinking out of a Christmas mug because this mug is superior. And that's a, that's a fun, you know, ADHD thing where um, the sensory experience of drinking out of this particular mug is quite nice. And so I go to it quite a bit. It's like a 15 ounce mug that can be microwaved. It's great. Although I have a coffee warmer on my desk, which is oh, te- if you work from home, or you work a desk job, definitely get a coffee warmer on your desk. Okay. ADHD let's dive in. <laughs> I have notes up in front of me because of the ADHD. I need to make sure I keep myself focused and I don't miss any points. Um, and I also have some questions that some people from, from my um, Instagram audience were asking, um, and wanted me to kind of go over. So what is ADHD? It's attention deficit, hyperactivity disorder. And I feel like this is sort of a misnomer and I'm not the only person that has expressed this concern who talks about ADHD is that it's not always hyperactive and it's not always that we can't focus. It's almost as if you can focus, just not always on the things that you should be focusing on. And it's not always hyperactivity because if you're in a state of paralysis with the ADHD, because there's too many things to focus on, you don't know where to start. Um, it's a lack of activity, right? And but so then you will hyperfixate on something else that is going to give you dopamine that will help you feel better, even though you still have this list of things that you you still need to do and you still need to check the boxes on. Um, it, a lot of shame and frustration. And is involved with managing ADHD because it's like, I know these tests are simple. I know the things that I need to do, but I just can't seem to do them. I can't seem to initiate the task. I can't seem to follow through on the task. I lose interest in the task. And this can come in any way, shape or form. It can show up in hobbies where you find a hobby, you hyperfixate on it for a little while, you spend a lot of money on it. You spend a lot of time on it. You get really good at it. And then you move on to the next thing. I am so good at doing this. I have a lot of hobbies and a lot of things that I'm weirdly, randomly good at because I can hyperfixate hyper-focus on something until I sort of master it as a skill. And then I'm like, okay, what's the next, what's the next thing? Um, granted some of them I've stayed, like I got really good at crocheting and I still enjoy crocheting one or two nights a week, but I'm not like crocheting for hours a day. Like I used to when I first got into crocheting. And I remember one Christmas, I like crocheted everybody's gifts. Cause I was that, I was that far gone. And I would spend, I spent hours making gifts for people, making baskets, making hats, making scarves, making, you know, blankets, things like that. Anyway, Um, And so it feels a lot of times like we are broken where we can't do things that other people seem to be able to do with a lot of ease and things that we know are fairly simple. I know folding my laundry doesn't take me that long. And I know that it's fairly simple task but it takes me forever to do it. Now, I also recognize that a lot of times when we see something that is a quote unquote simple task with ADHD, the biggest issue is not that it's that specific task that we think is hard, but it's how we think about going through every single sort of like micro task involved in that. So for example, let's relate this back to fitness. When we talk about going to the gym in the morning, it's not just, oh, I'm going to wake up and go to the gym in the morning. It's I need to wake up and then I need to brush my teeth and then I need to put my contacts in, make sure I do my skincare. I need to make sure that my hair is somewhat brushed, looks kind of decent. Am I putting it in a bun? Am I putting it in a clip? What am I wearing to the gym? What's going to feel good on my body today? Sometimes the clothes I lay out the night before, I put them on the next morning and they just feel wrong on my skin, even though it's an outfit I've worn before and I need to change my outfit. So then I have to find something that I feel comfortable in. Right. Then you need to get your socks. Did you get the right socks? Um, which shoes am I wearing today? Um, do these shoes feel good with this outfit? Are these the right shoes that I'm going to use for what, whatever workout am I doing today? What shoes am I wearing? Right. Oh, can I wear these shoes for this workout? No. Okay. Now I have to change my outfit again. Right. Okay. Now I need to go get a snack. Do I have a snack prepared? Okay. This is why I usually just eat rice cakes on the way to the gym because I don't have to think about it. I just have several flavors of rice cakes in my pantry and I like grab the whole bag of rice cakes because me taking the rice cakes out of the bag and into another container is another step that I'm not willing to take. So I literally just grab the thing of rice cakes. So now we're ready to go to the gym and then we have to go get our bag or our purse or whatever it is that we're taking with us. For me, I take my whole work bag because my routine lately has been going to work out and then going to a coffee shop for two and a half hours in the morning doing a little bit of journaling and getting some work done for the morning before I come home and like shower and get ready for the day and finish up the work day at my house. Okay. Um, so now I've got to pack my bag. Do I have everything? Okay. Do I have my water bottle? All right. Do I have my protein shake and like whatever other food I'm bringing with myself for after the gym? Because sometimes I'll bring fruit with me. Sometimes I'll bring an additional bar with me. Sometimes I'll bring like, I'll put like cottage cheese and berries in like a Tupperware in a lunchbox. So then I have to pack and get all the things together. There's so, so a lot of these things I try to do the night before, but there's still parts of this routine that you have to think through, right? Then I have to find my keys, get my bag, make sure I have all my stuff. Then I've got to drive to the gym. Okay. And, and literally as I'm thinking, my thing in the morning is to go to the gym in the morning. It's not just going to the gym in the morning. It's walking through all these micro tasks. Then you get to the gym. Then you have to get out of your car, get your stuff into the cubby or the locker. Then at that point, I've usually had a ton of water because I'm usually drinking water before and, and on the way to the gym, going to go into the restroom. Then it's you know getting the headphones or getting my notebook because I log my workouts in a notebook. Um, and then it's starting my workout. And then we're at the workout part. So it, It's not that there's that many little micro tasks involved, but it's the mental load involved in making decisions for all those tasks. Now, in hindsight, I I realize that this is part of the reason why I was so good when I was a teacher at the detail pieces of things is because my brain is always constantly filtering through these micro tasks for these things that for some people are as simple as I'm gonna wake up and brush my teeth in the morning. No, you're not. You're going to have the alarm go off and then you're going to put the phone back on the charger or back on the nightstand. You're gonna try not to fall back asleep. Then you gotta get up. Then you gotta to go to the bathroom, wash your hands, then brush your teeth, and then you can put your contacts in, right? It's like there's this whole process for every single little thing, and it's like that for almost everything that I do on a daily basis. And that's very mentally exhausting, right? It's that decision fatigue that we go through. And here's the fun fact about ADHD is that that mental load, that mental energy never goes away. You just get better at managing the mental load and the mental energy and managing your energy. And this is where a lot of people with fitness get really stuck with ADHD because there's so many micro decisions that have to happen when you're starting to turn a focus to your health and fitness, that individuals with ADHD get mentally burned out on doing those things because also everything else in their life is taking so much of the mental load, right? So here's the thing. You're not broken. Your brain is just different. And there's some things that you have to be aware of and some things that we kind of have to accept when we're dealing with any kind of neurodivergency or executive dysfunction when it comes to tackling our fitness goals, right? Um, so things that I've learned about me and my clients, okay. Long-term goals are great. I'm always thinking long-term with my clients. I talk about where do you want to be in 60 days? Where do you want to be in 90 days? Where do you want to be in six months? Because we need to sort of backwards design what we're doing to get you where you want to be in six months, right? However, micro goals and micro wins are greater. We need the constant hits of dopamine in order to continue to be engaged in the process. And a lot of times this looks like switching into small goals every two to three weeks. What is the thing we're focusing on during this little stretch? Okay. I see you're losing focus on this. What is another thing we need to continue focusing in on? And I try to bring attention to these micro wins or these micro goals for my individuals with ADHD. And a lot of times they're the people that really like having little boxes to check off in our training app where like a lot of people would get overwhelmed with like all the little like tasks to hit. But if we can like plug in like three or four little habits a day, and all it is, is you just have, you do it and you go and you check it off. You're constantly getting the dopamine hit from doing the thing that you're supposed to be doing. And that could sometimes make a big difference. The other thing is food aversion versions are a real thing. We had to kind of roll with the punches on this one. Now here's the fun fact is, uh, with ADHD, you can get what's called like food X where all of a sudden a food that you really enjoy, that you really love, that you've been able to eat for a really long time, literally makes you physically ill to think about eating it. This happens during pregnancy also. So it's kind of funny because ADHD individuals and a lot of my pregnant clients, whether or not they have ADHD, deal with like these food aversions or these food icks out of nowhere. And so the additional problem on top of that is if you have a food that's like your dopamine food at the moment, it's very hard for you to eat something else because the only thing you really want to eat for those one or two meals that you really need to make sure are really nutrient packed is that dopamine food. But if you're hyper-focusing on that food, you're going to run into an ick real fast. And not only that, but then we're limiting your nutrient variation, which is not good for digestive health. And especially if you're on medication for ADHD and or anxiety and or depression, Getting in a variety of nutrients is really important because being on those medications can cause some nutrient imbalances. And so varying our nutrient intake is a really important skill to build. Now, does it always go super well? I'm going to be honest. Not really, because at this point, it's just about rolling with the punches. If people have food aversions or food ics and they hit a wall with things that like they used to love and now they're really not loving them, and if they have to eat those dopamine foods because that's the thing that's going to help them check the box for their nutrition goals, we just... Uh, We just change the game plan when those food aversions happen, but they are a real thing. And you're not crazy. If you deal with them, you just got to roll with the punches. Okay. And the third thing that I've noticed, and this is the most important part, and this kind of goes back to that conversation earlier, where I mentioned you deal with a lot of decision and energy fatigue from making micro decisions all day long, you need buffer time you need buffer time, you need downtime. And this, I've, I've worked on this with a lot of my clients, especially when it comes to like managing energy and stress as a whole. Um, especially if we have a client where we're focusing on cycle-based health and managing energy around their cycle is that you, people book themselves. If they have free time in their calendar, they consider it available to put Things in. And it's like you need to protect some time to do nothing or leave some time open to do a hobby. So, like, I don't work like 12 hours a day, right? I have like a cutoff time at the end of the night and I don't book usually anything at the end of the day because I'm putting in some buffer time for me to either catch up on a little bit of work, catch up on a little bit of reading, do some housework, sit at the wall and do and stare. You know what I mean? So, they're not building in buffer time and People are so averse to saying no, because especially when you deal with ADHD, you don't want to say no to people because you are going to be more sensitive to rejection in general. So we don't want to reject others in turn. We're so afraid to say no to people and events and things that we end up burning ourselves out. So we don't give ourselves buffer time. We need that downtime, that time to just decompress and to exist and to do things for mindless joy otherwise you're going to burn out. And this comes with the, you know, practice also of learning how to balance dopamine because with ADHD, it's sort of a lack of dopamine in a lot of situations and not solely that, but that's, that's a big common denominator. A lot of times it's, you either have too much or you have too little. And in order to keep a more level balance within your brain, you have to be consistently building in small things for yourself throughout the week, throughout the day, throughout the month. So being cognizant of how many things are you saying yes to that you probably should have maybe said no to, or said, you know what, put me down as a maybe on, I'll let you know that day. You know what I mean? If it's like a bigger event, um, we're so afraid to displease other people that we are constantly putting ourselves on the back burner. And then we hit that burnout again. And it's not just burnout with one thing. It's usually burnout with various things. You stop eating the good food. You stop going to the gym, your laundry piles up. You haven't cleaned the bathroom in a week and a half, right. Or longer. Um, I know what it's like to go through that. And so when you're constantly taxing your energy, pools without giving yourself buffer time for your brain to shut up, you're going to hit a wall in your fitness goals. Okay. Um, now we I've talked about, uh, executive function. Oh, hold on going back to my notes. Okay, here we go. Yes. No, we're on there. Okay. Executive functioning and understanding where you struggle with executive function is huge. So what is executive function? It's higher level cognitive skills that coordinate various behaviors and the areas of executive function are working memory. So like, do you remember things? I have a horrible working memory myself. So this is why I'm always writing things down because it helps me solidify them in my brain. Um, Inhibition. Are you impulsive? Emotional regulation. Do you find yourself getting unreasonably frustrated or stressed or angry or sad at things? Problem solving, right? It's problem solving and project management, really. So this is the, I need to eat healthier, but I don't know how. Okay. I need to meal prep, but where do I start? Right? That inability to walk through those things on your own. Um, self-awareness. A lot of times we don't have a lot of self-awareness. Like when I was a kid, I had zero self-awareness and I was always called annoying. I was bullied. People thought I was weird. I, they thought they said I was rude. And I'm just like, it was just a lack of self-awareness and inability to regulate my emotions. Right. And, and no amount, and that's where that shame comes from because I was told all these things and it wasn't that there was anything wrong with me. It was just that I needed to be coached how to handle situations differently. And I haven't really learned how to do that. I didn't really start to learn how to do that until I was an adult. Um, and then self-motivation that's that, Init- that task initiation that that get up and go that taking the initiative to do things that need to be done if they're things that we don't enjoy doing um and so again i kind of go back to how do we manage this executive function now i'm not an expert on executive function but if you go listen to the podcast that's called i have adhd Literally, it's called I Have ADHD. And Kristen Carter is the person who hosts it, and she's incredible. She has uh, different episodes on these individual aspects of executive functioning, Um, and it's really beneficial to listen to because. Knowing why helps. Knowing why doesn't always necessarily solve the problem, but it can make us more aware and learn how to leverage our environment and manage our expectations accordingly. Okay. So now I talked about that dopamine. Too much dopamine is too much and too little is also bad. Um, so how do we improve dopamine? Well, all the things that we know we should be doing daily movement eating more fruits and vegetables, fewer processed sugars, especially for individuals with ADHD, doing things like non-sleep, deep rest, meditation, yoga nidra, okay? But this is why structured flexibility is key because sometimes our brains need something new and novel to keep us engaged in these personal care tasks, right? Of feeding ourselves, of moving our bodies, right? So sometimes it just means setting a micro goal or getting kind of like a short-term, hey, let's just focus on this for the next, like, you know, one to two weeks doing these things and then switching it up. Um, You know, and that's my biggest job as a coach is helping my clients get the structure that they need, reduce the project planning piece and take some of the decision-making out of the process for them, and affirm them without shame when we need to pivot because their brain just can't deal. Okay. But here's the flip side. And this is a great question that, um, Stacy asked. Um, she's a community member that I met over on my planning page. Um, and she, uh, found my coaching page and we just been talking back and forth and she's like, how are you, how do you stay excited for being consistent in a routine? And this is going to be the answer that nobody's going to like. And the The legitimate answer is you're never going to constantly be excited about being in a routine, but because our brains are constantly craving that dopamine, we think we need to be excited and engaged about everything in order to do it. (laughs) But we have to recognize that that's not how the world works. And if we're unable to show up and self-regulate that constant need for engagement and excitement and know that, hey... I need to show up and do this, even though I don't necessarily want to do this. And it's going to take me a little bit more mental effort to do this thing, but doing this thing helps level me out. So that approaching my home tasks, approaching my work, managing my emotions is easier to do. That's where the unfortunate reality is for individuals with ADHD is there's no magic pill or magic fix or magic solution to constantly being excited and engaged in a process it does mean we have to recognize that we are constantly gonna be seeking something and it's okay if something doesn't necessarily check that box. But this is why showing up consistently for those things and resetting micro wins involved in the moving daily, um, you know, getting in a lot of fruits and vegetables, doing stress management practices, having hobbies, reducing the amount of processed sugars and dyes and things that we're eating because that shit does impact people with adhd in a very big way um it it, it means being willing to set micro and understand that we have to be more proactive with setting micro and it also means sort of accepting that you're going to want to kick and scream some days i literally post on my story pretty consistently about like I fucking don't want to do this. I don't want to be here. I don't want to wake up at four thirty and five o'clock in the morning. I would rather be sleeping. I don't enjoy working out all the time. I don't always like it. It's hard and it's uncomfortable. And then I'm sweaty. And that's a weird feeling on my skin. Some days it's harder than others. And I don't like being sore from my workouts. Cause some days I do push a little harder and then I'm sore. Like I don't enjoy it. I don't. And what's funny is like people are like, well, you didn't choose to do bodybuilding. I'm like, yes. And the only reason I made it through is because I hyperfixated and made it my entire fucking personality for like a solid three years. Right? Like I literally made it my entire personality. It was hyperfixation to the max. There was no balance in any other area of my life when it came to participating in the sport of bodybuilding. And then I was like, I can't do this because this can't be my entire personality. And I don't I don't have the ability to balance this within my life and still have a social life and be able to eat with my friends and family and be able to maintain my healthy relationship with the gym and a healthy relationship with food after recovering from an eating disorder. Like I can't do it. But I think acknowledging that some days your brain is just going to rage and you're allowed to be fucking pissed that this is hard. It's not fair that we have to deal with this. Like life isn't fair. I get that. But like some days I'm just so tired of negotiating with myself. And I just have to be honest about that and let that out. And honestly, just being able to let it out makes it easier to continue showing up. I don't have to be happy and excited to be in the gym every single day. Like some people are constantly like, I'm so grateful to be able to move my body because sometimes other people can't do that. I'm like, yeah, I'm so glad that I have an able body. I really am but that doesn't make it any easier in my head to show up and do these things. And I don't want to minimize that because it's fucking hard some days and it's okay to be pissed about it. Right? Sometimes we have to let ourselves just rage a little bit. So it's recognizing that like, I'm not always going to be excited to be consistent in a routine. I'm really not like, but I need to be because when I am, managing my emotions is much easier. Showing up consistently in my business is much easier. I'm a more organized coach and I'm more responsive and effective for my clients when I do these things. I'm better at helping my family manage our things that we have to manage when I take care of my body. And if I need to kick and scream on the way to the gym and be mad about it and just be like, listen, I'm just here to fucking check the box today. Then I'm just going to go and check the box. It's not always going to be a groundbreaking workout. It's not always going to be life-changing, right? I don't want to eat another fucking meal that's like a protein plus a vegetable and a carb. Like I get sick of eating vegetables some days. That's when I start to put them in smoothies and shit just so I can get them in. Again, I just check the box and I sort of like suck it up for the two minutes that it takes to put it in there. And then I move on because at the end of the day, I've done enough to help my body regulate the nonsense in my head that I can show up even when I'm not happy about it. (laughs) So it's not about needing to be excited. And I feel like individuals with ADHD as a whole, we've been convinced that we constantly need to chase the dopamine in order to be satisfied with the things that we're pursuing. And at the bottom line is, no, you don't. No, you don't, you really don't, but you've been told that you're a special snowflake and that you can behave a certain way because we have ADHD. Not that anybody I know does this, but like subconsciously that kind of goes through our head, right? It took me a long time to realize my ADHD is nobody's fucking problem, but my own. It's nobody's fucking problem, but my own. And I'm the one that needs to show up and manage it well to the best of my ability. And again, some days I'm going to be excited to do those things. Some days I have to shift what the micro wins look like, and I need to have some sort of flexibility within the structure that I follow, but I need to show up regardless of whether I'm excited to show up or not. (laughs) Um, And then another funny question uh, that my friend Rose asked is she goes, how long do you spend in the locker room before going in? Just me just asking for a friend. And I'm just like, okay, I get this. And that's that sort of like task initiation where it's like, we really have to sort of dig deep in our brains to get started on something. Um, and doing the whole, like three, two, one, go can work half the time. And then half the time it doesn't like Zach, when he wakes up the morning, he's like one, two, three, and I'm up. And I'm like, you're crazy that shit would never work on me to get me out of bed. But you wanna know what does work for me to get out of bed? I have a little checkbox in my planner that says no snooze, and I wanna be able to check the fucking box in my notebook that says I didn't snooze my alarm that morning, um, which is really nice. Um, And so that task initiation of like, okay, how do I get this done? is great. Now, one thing that I like to tell people is if you're really struggling with getting into the gym consistently, specifically with working out, especially with ADHD is just get to the gym and don't lock yourself into doing necessarily one thing or the other. Sometimes just starting with like a 10 minute walk on the treadmill will get you into that mindset and help you with that transition effectively enough that you will be able to then get the rest of your workout done. And if it doesn't, at least you got to the gym and you did something, you checked the box. Was it perfect? No, but this is where that structured flexibility comes into play. Sometimes it's not, oh, did I track every single thing that I ate today? No. But sometimes it's like, Hey, did I eat three servings of protein? And did I get a smoothie and that had some vegetables and some healthy fats? I did. And that is a win in my book. And so again, it's that structured flexibility of some days, the boxes we're going to check are going to look vastly different from the boxes that we're going to check the next day. And this is a, this is a strategy that I apply to even my clients who don't have ADHD. This is a strategy I apply with my moms, with my clients that are pregnant, where there are so many variables for certain individuals on any given day that it's like locking you into like a rigid structure is very challenging. Now I do have clients where I sometimes will take people through protocols that require people to not deviate. Otherwise, it's like, okay, well, we need to start over. Um, because they have high levels going, high level issues going on. And in that situation, I'd set the time frame very specifically of, okay, we're gonna do this for this amount of days. Can you handle this? Cool. If you can't handle it and you're getting pissed about it, I need you to just like rage. Send me a voice memo being pissed and annoyed and, and what have you, because again, we're sort of. We we're told we need to be this like overly positive about pursuing our health goals and everything, sunshine and rainbows and aesthetic. And it's like, no, it's fucking hard taking care of yourself is fucking hard. And we just need to let it be hard. Some days, especially when you are struggling with executive function, executive dysfunction due to ADHD or anxiety or depression. And it literally does take you more mental brain power to get these things done. Okay. So that's my sort of spiel on fitness and ADHD. And there's obviously more that I can go into on this. Um, But if you have questions as you were listening to this that, you know, you're like you, but what about this? But what about that? DM me. Literally DM me because I'll use these for I'll use those questions or those thoughts for another podcast. At the end of the day, this podcast is here for the community, and so if you have something that you want me to go over, that is a question or a thought or a concern spurred from something that I said in this episode or any episode really, send those thoughts to me um, on Instagram. DM me at Elena.m.fit. Um, If you're listening to this, you probably follow me already, so I probably don't need to give you my handle. But let's let's chat about them. All right, you guys, that is it for today's episode, episode uh, 46. I will catch you on the next one.